0: Hi, it's Mark Sisson from MarksDailyApple.com. Enjoy this audio narration of a recent MarksDailyApple.com post by Tina Lehman. Subscribe to this podcast channel so you don't miss anything from the blog and read my daily posts on Living Awesome and much more at MarksDailyApple.com. Can keto actually work for hard training endurance or power athletes? Keto is red hot these days and it's not going away anytime soon. Call it the latest dietary fad, but keep in mind a great insight Rob Wolf told Joe Rogan on his podcast. Keto was likely the default human metabolic state over the past 2.5 million years of human evolution. Only with the extremely recent, on the evolutionary timeline, advent of civilization, have we been stuffing our faces with carbs and snuffing out our magnificent ability to generate ketones as a clean-burning alternative fuel source to dietary carbohydrates. And we certainly were compelled to evolve a highly efficient mechanism to keep our high-energy demand brains fueled with glucose or the glucose-like substitute of ketones at all times. For this was a matter of life or death in primal times— When our ancestors were starving, they needed to keep working hard and concentrating hard to find food. The thought leaders and scientists in the keto scene have been establishing the case for keto very well. Ketogenic eating really works for virtually everyone if you follow the correct approach. You can expect not only the efficient reduction of excess body fat, but a profound anti-inflammatory effect that can correct assorted autoimmune and inflammatory conditions, improved cognitive function and protection against the disturbingly prevalent conditions of cognitive decline that are being increasingly connected to high-carb, nutrient-deficient diets, and assorted anti-aging benefits, such as enhanced autophagy, the natural cellular detoxification process, and apoptosis, the programmed death of dysfunctional and precancerous cells. Keto has also been touted as potentially improving athletic performance for both endurance and strength and power efforts. However, this has become a matter of some dispute in the fitness world, as high-calorie-burning folks have a hard time embracing the idea that they can benefit from consuming fewer calories— and rejecting the obsession with immediate refueling to restore glycogen after vigorous workouts. Today's post will introduce you to the amazing Sammy Inkanen, one of the world's most accomplished endurance athletes who also has a high-profile career as a Silicon Valley entrepreneur. Sammy has taken keto experimentation to the extreme and quantified everything beautifully to illustrate the amazing transformation that happens when you become a fat and keto-adapted athlete. The Keto Reset Diet book goes into great detail about how keto can benefit endurance performance by making athletes virtually bonk-proof, able to perform for hours on end with a dramatically reduced need for carbohydrates as a fuel source. Sammy's story is told in further detail in Primal Endurance and on his blog. Here, he has taken the time from his busy schedule to share some extensive thoughts on how you can really succeed in endurance sports while eating ketogenically, if you follow the correct approach. Being fat and keto-adapted is an obvious benefit for endurance since endurance performance is predicated on burning more fat and sparing glycogen. The benefits of keto for strength and power athletes is less logical, because high-intensity, high-glycolytic, high-glucose-burning workouts would seem to beget carbohydrate consumption in order to recover and replenish glycogen-depleted muscles. However, keto pioneers in the power scene have discovered amazing results, which are being increasingly validated by science at places like the Applied Science and Performance Institute in Tampa, Florida, with Ryan Lowry and Dr. Jacob Wilson, Luis Vilesinor, the legendary Darth Luigi in the keto scene, has followed a ketogenic diet as a competitive powerlifter and bodybuilder for some 16 years. Through his Ketogains.com program, he and his team have coached thousands of high-intensity athletes to improve performance and improve body composition. Luis is a living, breathing example that you do not have to destroy your health with massive overconsumption of carbs and protein to maintain a bodybuilder physique. We'll hear more from Luis and others about how to utilize keto for high-intensity performance in the future. Briefly, fasting and ketogenic eating have been shown to have a remarkable protein-sparing effect. It makes evolutionary sense that your body would initiate assorted mechanisms to preserve lean muscle mass when you're starving. Unfortunately, in the carbohydrate dependency paradigm, your body routinely converts lean muscle tissue into glucose via gluconeogenesis to meet your energy needs, especially for the brain, only 2% of body weight but consuming 20-25% to of total calories, a ravenous consumer of glucose. For carb-dependent athletes who don't remain constantly glycogen-stocked, bad things happen with fatigue, delayed recovery, and loss of lean mass. This is why bodybuilders have been urged to eat their six small meals throughout the day and obsessively overconsume protein and carbs to spur growth. Luis and others have shattered this paradigm by getting big, strong, and lean in full keto mode. Back to endurance, where for decades the conventional thinking was to carb load with your evening pasta feeds and morning cereal troughs, train super hard so you can go harder and longer without falling apart, and possibly train the body to store more glycogen. Yes, it is possible to a minor extent, but soon you'll learn how irrelevant this is, and to stuff sugary drinks, gels, and cubes down your throat, hopefully without gagging. Finally, it was believed essential to stuff your face with more carbs immediately after workouts in the so-called window of opportunity, when your muscles can restock glycogen optimally. We are in the age of transformation in the endurance scene to the extent that I might boldly proclaim that the endurance champions of the future will possibly be full keto, or at least cyclic keto, to gain a performance and recovery boost. To date, Our endurance champions have fueled their efforts with sugar and beige glop, my pet nickname for grains. Who can forget when Olympic swimming legend Michael Phelps's diet was presented with great fanfare a decade ago as totaling 12,000 calories a day, featuring heaps of refined carbohydrates. Phelps later admitted to exaggeration, and readers and listeners at this site can appreciate the irony of his correction that he really only ate 8,000 to 10,000 calories, featuring heaps of refined carbohydrates. I still get giggles for a quip I wrote over 30 years ago in my first endurance training book relating to the prevailing ethos of the endurance community, If the furnace is hot enough, anything will burn. I related my impressive pre-race meal before my fastest marathon performance. A couple beers, a bag of frozen peas, and a half gallon of Rocky Road ice cream. Pretty much all that was available at my bachelor pad that night. As our sophistication in training methods in health and nutrition science grows, we can all appreciate the destruction caused by eating garbage while pursuing ambitious fitness goals, especially when training patterns become chronic. The awakening is upon us, but unfortunately, it seems like many athletes are stuck in the old paradigm. Sugary drinks, bars, and gels are still flying off the shelves, and the community as a whole is freely dispensing hall passes to each other and themselves to indulge in nutrient deficient foods on account of their impressive workouts. Sammy and his mind blowing performances and self experimentation results serve as a true inspiration for endurance enthusiasts to try something new with an informed and disciplined approach and reap phenomenal benefits, not just performance benefits. How about Sammy moving his theoretical time-to-bonk value from 5.6 hours while carb-dependent to 87 hours when fat-adapted? Enjoy the following commentary from Sammy, encouraging athletes to consider a ketogenic approach. In Sammy's words, traditional advice for endurance athletes is to carb load and to consume enough carbohydrates before, during, and after a race for fuel through the entire event and for recovery. But what if I told you that you could run or ride your bike for longer without hitting the dreaded wall? What if I told you that you could even recover faster and improve your metabolic health? All of this is possible, but only if you throw out the advice we've all been given about carbohydrates and exercise. There's a different path when it comes to fueling our bodies, a ketogenic diet. Restricting carbohydrates and relying on most of your calories as fat induces a state of nutritional ketosis, meaning that your body will use fat, both dietary and body fat, as its primary source of fuel. Even the most lean athlete has tens of thousands of fat calories on hand, so it makes sense to use them. The key is knowing how. Here are three of what I believe to be the most compelling reasons for an endurance athlete to make the switch from a high-carb to a high-fat nutrition plan. Number 1. You can become virtually bonk-proof As athletes, we want to be our best and be able to compete at our best. We prepare for months or even years with training plans for both our performance and our nutrition in hopes that we leave our best out on the course. Despite our strongest efforts, many of us know it's possible to get to a point during exercise when we hit the wall, regardless of how well trained and prepared we are going into an event. Bonking, or hitting the wall, typically occurs after about two and a half hours into continuous hard exercise which corresponds to when glycogen, glucose stores, is really low. When exactly this happens depends on how long and how hard you're pushing, but when your body can no longer meet the energy demands, it's essentially an energy crisis for the brain. You're fatigued, not able to think clearly, and if you've ever experienced this during an event, you know it's simply miserable. Ever since I experienced my first bonk on my bike, I've tried to figure out how to make myself bonk-proof, and eventually realized that I couldn't do this by simply adding more and more carbs to my nutrition plan. When we eat and train with carbs, our bodies rely on them, but we have a limited ability to store them with a capacity of only 500 to 600 grams of glycogen, glucose stores, or about 2,000 calories. I'd have to eat gels and bars every 30 minutes to extend the point at which I'd run out of energy, but the ability to eat and absorb that energy while exercising is limited. Alternatively, we have the ability to store nearly unlimited amounts of fat. Even a very lean and small athlete at under 120 pounds with low 7% body fat still carries about 30,000 calories of fat. Imagine being able to use that during a race. So I learned how to rely on fat instead, and my brain can rely on ketones that are produced from fat by the liver for a nearly unlimited supply of fuel. I've essentially made myself bonk-proof, and with fat as my primary source of fuel, I don't need to eat anything at two hours anymore. It's literally a game-changer. But becoming a fat-adapted athlete takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Just like training for an Ironman doesn't happen in a week or two, neither does training your body to more efficiently burn fat. Once you become adapted to nutritional ketosis or keto-adapted, there are several benefits. You rely less on the limited amount of carbs your body has and can more easily and quickly rely on your body's fat for fuel. You increase the rate at which you utilize fat and you no longer hit the wall at two and a half hours into an endurance event even if you don't have food available. In fact, the recent FASTER study demonstrated that fat-adapted athletes oxidize fat at a rate more than twice that of high-carb athletes, which means the body has a better ability to access its fat and oxidize it for fuel. Number two, you can recover faster. Being a successful, high-performing endurance athlete isn't just about the moments when you're working out or competing. It's also about how quickly you recover so that you can resume your usual workout regimen. Most athletes are familiar with the inflammation, soreness, and swelling that comes after any hard workout or race. While some inflammation is necessary to increase muscle strength and is part of recovery from exercise, too much inflammation can interfere with the body's repair process. It's a balancing act. Many athletes will try just about anything to reduce post-workout inflammation, from ice baths to taking anti-inflammatory medications to chugging beet juice. The less pain and soreness you have post-workout, the sooner you can go hard in your workouts again, and the better you might perform in the next race. After fully adapting to nutritional ketosis, I felt, subjectively speaking, a lot less sore and got rid of frequent nagging things like inflamed Achilles tendons following the same workouts— while just as strenuous as the times I had done it as a high-carb athlete, didn't leave me with the same muscle soreness in the days after. It turns out that ketones don't just function as important energetic molecules, but they have positive effects on cellular processes as well. Studies show that a well-formulated ketogenic diet reduces inflammation levels. Furthermore, I can get right back on the bike the very next day, meaning that I can train more frequently and don't need as many recovery days. And number three, your health may not be what it appears. The appearance of physical health and fitness can hide serious medical issues. Even if you're fit, strong, and lean, you may not be metabolically healthy. I had no idea that this was true for me until around 2011-2012. I became a triathlon world champion in my age group and found out that I was pre-diabetic and metabolically unhealthy. My glucose values were consistently way above healthy ranges. Despite my years of high-level endurance sports, strict performance diets that perfectly aligned with the dietary guidelines, and very low body fat, I was on my way to developing type 2 diabetes. I was shocked to find out that following the low-fat and quality high-carb dietary recommendations had led me to the brink of diabetes, but I was also determined to dig myself out of this hole. Type 2 diabetes and prediabetes are typically treated with medications, and for some people eventually surgery, but I wanted to try fixing my metabolic health myself. If following the dietary guidelines had led me to prediabetes, I thought there might be a way to reverse prediabetes, perhaps even by following the opposite approach. My deep dive into published research led me to realize that the high-carb diet recommended for athletes instigated my prediabetes by constantly spiking my blood sugar, and that my intense, regular, high-volume exercise had not been enough to keep my blood sugars in control. It turns out that you can't exercise enough to outrun bad nutrition advice. After finding peer-reviewed clinical research demonstrating that a high-fat, moderate-protein and low-carb ketogenic diet could help me reverse my prediabetes, I completely changed my nutrition plan and started tracking my blood sugar and ketone levels. I was amazed at how useful the regular biomarker information was to tweaking my diet around my body's individual response. Everyone truly responds differently to the same foods based on genetic differences, and you never know for certain until you test regularly. By switching to a well-formulated ketogenic diet and a data-driven approach, I successfully reversed my pre-diabetes and improved my metabolic health across the board. The bottom line is that sustained nutritional ketosis has allowed me to 1. Increase my endurance capacity by providing me access to a larger fuel tank. 2. Reduce post-workout inflammation and thus recovery time, increasing valuable training time. And 3. Reverse my pre-diabetes and improve my metabolic health. And that concludes Sammy's commentary about his journey. Throughout this journey to becoming bong proof he painstakingly tracked his progress in repeated laboratory tests where he measured fuel substrate utilization while riding a stationary bike at a comfortable pace. The results are astounding. Ditto for the details of the highly regarded FASTER study, which compared the fat oxidation rates among elite ultramarathon runners who were on a low-carb fat-adapted diet to elite counterparts consuming a traditional high-carbohydrate diet. Dr. Peta Atia, one of the most brilliant minds in the keto scene, who now focuses on longevity medicine at his private practice, has also chronicled his amazing transition from sugar burner to fat-adapted cyclist at EatingAcademy.com. Atia went from burning 95% carbohydrate calories at an anaerobic threshold to burning 25% carbs and 75% fat at the same threshold heart rate after a devoted period of dietary transformation. What's more, Atia achieved an increase in wattage output at anaerobic threshold when fat adapted. In other words, he went faster on fat. This data shatters the notion that keto is only for long, slow endurance performance. Sammy's successful transition to fat-adopted athlete teed up one of the most remarkable endurance performances you'll ever hear about. He and his wife Meredith Loring rowed a small boat from San Francisco to Hawaii. 2,400 miles in 45 days. In the process, they raised $300,000 for the Institute of Responsible Nutrition, an advocacy group headed by anti sugar crusader Dr. Robert Lustig. Because their journey was unsupported, Sammy and Meredith traveled with some 1 million calories, ultra low carb, high fat selections like dehydrated beef, salmon, and vegetables, along with fruits, nuts, and olive oil. Sammy also lost 26 pounds on the journey, indicating that a combination of ingested fat and stored fat were his main fuel sources. A feat like this completely reframes the carb paradigm that endurance athletes have long existed in, whereby sustained endurance efforts were highly dependent upon successfully ingesting and absorbing a steady stream of carbohydrate calories. No, there was no bonking allowed aboard a 20-foot rowboat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I don't know how much more convincing you need to try ditching carb dependency and become fat-adapted than this absolutely mind-blowing data and enthusiastic message from Sammy. Thanks, as always, for listening. Have a great day.